0: This is a Between You and Me podcast on KAXE. I'm Heidi Holton. I'm Chelsea Perkins. Welcome. Today we're talking about local celebrations of a pretty new holiday.
1: Yeah, and... So Juneteenth is what we're talking about. Uh, It became a federal holiday in 2021, and the Minnesota legislature passed a bill this year to make it a state holiday as well. But I remember the first time I encountered Juneteenth, which was when I was an intern at the Rochester Post Bulletin in Rochester, Minnesota, and I was assigned to cover the Juneteenth celebration in Rochester, and I had no idea what it even was. Uh, which of course shows my whiteness, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, and especially you know. So we're gonna we'll hear a conversation with Serafia Gravel about the Chisholm celebration of Juneteenth. But one of the things she said in that, and it's echoing what you just said, is that as white people, we celebrate the Fourth of July as Freedom Day,
1: right? And that was not Freedom Day for many, many people right. in the United States,
0: right? Um, so yeah, so there's lots of events going on around our region, which is good to hear about.
1: Yeah, we have um, not only this event that you're about to hear about in Chisholm, uh, but we also know of celebrations. One is happening, will have already happened by the time you hear this in Grand Rapids, but there's also one planned in Bemidji on Monday, which Monday is the actual Juneteenth holiday. Juneteenth is a celebration of the moment when the final slaves in the United States learned of their freedom, and that was in Texas in 1865. At that point, slavery had been abolished in the United States, but news didn't travel the way it does now, and that was a freedom day for many other people in the United States.
0: So last year I was able to go to the Juneteenth celebration here. It was under the KEXE amphitheater, the Rotary Tent, and it seems like as I read about some of the other things going on, The similarities are the entertainment and the food. Last year, the food was free, and it was barbecue, and it was collard greens, and it was, you know, this food truck. It was very cool. And then young people of color performing that I had never seen. Like I feel like I'm on the music scene a little bit because I work at KEXE, and to bring in a whole different crew of people to celebrate this was really eye-opening for me, also the people who came. And I know the organizers last year really worked with the city of Grand Rapids because it needed to be a safe event, but they did not want police to show up. you know. And so they had to be really clear in their communication about what was going to be happening and that they had their own security. And I think they met ahead of time with them, but they said, even police without their uniforms is going to change the tone of this event, you know, and it went off without a hitch. It was great. People really enjoyed it. So many different people from this people I knew, but people I didn't know that came to the event.
1: The diverse communities that exist in rural Minnesota are so often not as visible. I feel like they're gaining more visibility. You know, I think back to when I was a kid and Certainly, I'm sure when you were a kid as well, there was not much other than white faces, you know, and it doesn't feel that way anymore. It feels like we have more people of different races and creeds and backgrounds that choose to live in rural Minnesota, but the media representation hasn't necessarily caught up to that. And that's something that we hope that we can accomplish as we undertake this news initiative that we can more accurately represent the
0: folks that call rural Minnesota home. Right, and really make a point to talk to diverse people, not about them being diverse people, you know, but like, let's talk to them about economic development or this new stuff going on, or let's talk about what do you think of copper nickel mining, what do you think, you know, different things like that, because I think that's one of the things too, is as white people, is we can like feel... We can give ourselves this kind of superficial pat on the back that, oh, we talked to these people because they were putting on this event, or we want to know if it is racist, and we need to ask you. And I just think it's it's a mind shift that I'm really working hard on. I can see that I am not there, and I am, through learning, through meeting more people in different places, I just recently went to a conference where it was young people from the upper Midwest that were so diverse. And it was really exciting. And even as I traveled home from that, I stopped and got a Dairy Queen and two of the women working had jobs. And I'm like, what? In Pelican Rapids? And then suddenly I drove by the turkey processing plant. Like, oh, there are people here for jobs. And that we're going to start to see that in other places in northern Minnesota. And we're going to have to Learn to live together.
1: <laughs> well, there's certainly a lot of newsrooms that uh, have put a greater emphasis on ensuring diversity in sources. In fact, you know, you hit on something there, Heidi, that is interesting. So, my honors thesis in college was I focused on the coverage of the Somali community in the Star Tribune. And I did a content analysis over, I think it was maybe a 15 year span. My professor that helped me with that, she presented that to the Star Tribune later and showed, hey, look at this, you went to this same one guy, like 50% of the time that you had a Somali American source in your paper. And so being aware of that, and just like you said, having diversity of sources, simply to talk about anything that we're going to be talking about.
0: So we're going to listen to this conversation here from Serafia Gravel from the Voices for Ethnic and Multicultural Awareness. That is kind of a new organization in Chisholm. I think it's been around three, four years or started after the murder of George Floyd. And an interesting thing that they did last year in the fall, they brought in uh, hairstylists and barbers to have free haircuts for kids of color because it's a different kind of hair. And they deserve someone who understands their hair to get it cut. You know, just kind of like looking at like a very boots on the ground issue.
1: Yeah, I've, I've also heard of that happening at community colleges throughout rural Minnesota as well, uh, where they have someone who maybe, I think there was someone who was traveling to different campuses at one point or maybe was a resident, you know, at a particular college and and was providing haircuts to you know, you have you have a lot of people of color that are attending community colleges in the area and you can't just go to great clips and expect, you know, that you're gonna
0: get the kind of styling that you need. And Serafia and this it's they have a commitment, and I think the other celebrations do as well, to have black businesses represented there or diverse businesses that aren't normally at something. And
1: it's all about us just finding ways to through Journalism, through conversation, is just building those bridges and finding ways to understand one another better.
0: Yeah. And I know you and I, with our roles here in leadership at KEXE, we're going to continue to question each other on who we're talking to, why we're talking to them, how we're presenting it, and we're going to do our best and move into kind of a new media for rural people that's inclusive. Fingers crossed that that's what we can accomplish, right? (laughs) Yeah. Coming up, a conversation about a local celebration of Juneteenth. I'm Heidi Holton. Thanks for tuning in. It's 849. We get the news from London. We get the news from Chisholm, this is what you get when you tune in to KAXE and KBXE, a mix to keep you company and updated throughout your morning. At 9 o'clock, we've got John Henningsgard bringing us music on the river. Voices for Ethnic and Multicultural Awareness, Vima is holding Chisholm's annual Juneteenth celebration, June 18th from 11 to 3 o'clock. And joining us now, back with us is Serafia Gravel. She's the co-director of Vima. Good morning, Serafia. Good to be with you again. Good morning. It's great to see you. Yeah. You get to be outside. We're, we're talking via Zoom. It looks like it's a lovely morning like it is here where you are. Um, I'm excited to hear about what you've got in store for this year's celebration. But first, really a big question. Why does a celebration of Juneteenth matter to northern Minnesota?
2: Well, Juneteenth is a very important part of American history. You know, for, for a very long time, we celebrated the 4th of July as a day of freedom. And that's not, you know, that's not a day that all... That all people were free here, and so we celebrate Juneteenth because it really is a it really is the day that uh, all people here had become free. So
0: let's talk about what you have planned first. It is you'll be holding this between Second Avenue and the Bridge of Peace. Is that in downtown Chisholm? It is. Yeah, it's yeah. right down on Lake Street. Okay. Great, um, so tell us what you what you have in mind. this is definitely a family um event, right?
2: yes, it absolutely is a family event, <laughs> speaking of family i <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh gosh <laughs> yes we have uh we have so many family friendly things happening that day and it's all free so we have just to start off we know it's father's day uh, which is a special day for dads and so we're offering big stone therapies is offering free uh, chair massages for dads that day in a two-hour block we have a dunk tank happening where our chisholm mayor has volunteered to be in the dunk tank (laughs) along with uh, one of our city council people That dunk tank will be there all day, so you know if a dad wants to climb in and heckle his kids and (laughs) and uh, have some fun in there, uh, they they're welcome to do so. You know, along with that, we've got some water balloon fights happening throughout the day. It's just gonna be an area set up. We've got some reusable uh water balloons, which are really cool, better for the environment and it's a lot easier than re- you know having to fill water balloons over and over and over again. yeah, we've got a very large area sectioned off for chalk art, and we've got all different kinds of chalk We've got you know regular sidewalk chalk chalk paint. Um, chalk spray paint so um, you know hopefully we'll get some artists out there to to do some work uh, with the chalk art we do have a cornhole tournament um, that has free registration uh, happening that day and also a chess tournament that has free registration also and there are prizes for those tournaments Sorry, We you, are. I was gonna say, can you can you tell us about the black-owned business vendors? This is also really
0: important to sure. this event.
2: Yep, yep. Absolutely. We're gonna have some black-owned business vendors there, some from the Iron Range, some are coming from Duluth. We really wanna highlight um these businesses here in the area that, you know, a lot of them are new to the area. A lot of these folks are the first black owned businesses in the area. And so just really highlighting those businesses there. That also includes the food, doesn't it? From Big O's Chef it House. It does. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So uh, Big O's Chef House will be partnering with Jim's Sports Club Bar and Grill this year in Chisholm. We'll, we'll be getting his amazing food again. You know, that menu is ribs and brisket and greens and macaroni and cheese and beans, all the good stuff.
0: <laughs> Sounds great. Looks like you again, Um, I'm remembering back to last year's Juneteenth celebration that was here in the amphitheater. You had some music. Do you have music again this year?
2: Yep, we do have live music this year. Uh, We have Loke the Realist and uh, Soldier Princess, who are both rap artists. And then we have Eli Little performing. Uh, We did have Desi coming to perform again, but unfortunately she's not going to be able to make it this year but yeah, Eli Little has been with us uh, every year so far with our Juneteenth celebrations, and we're just very grateful to have him come and perform for us. And then uh, a couple of new artists this year, and I think it's going to be great. So do
0: does Vima need, you know, the the community to help out with this, whether that means volunteering or, you know, telling other people about it?
2: Yeah, I mean, we can always use volunteers to help uh, set things up. Um, We're actually meeting at the Vima Multicultural Center, which is at um, 118 West Lake Street in Chisholm. We could always use help with those kinds of things. Um, Absolutely spread the word. We have a Facebook event page on the Vima Multicultural Center page. um, And so sharing that on social media is a great way to get that out there, too. Before we go...
0: What is the significance of 158 to this?
2: So 158 is the number of years that it's been since the first Juneteenth.
0: And you're going to try to get that many kites up in the air, is
2: that right? We would love to get that many (laughs) kites up in the air, absolutely. In the event we're not able to, Juneteenth takes into account all the celebrations here in Minnesota, Are getting kites up in the air, and so even if collectively we get 158 in the air, that's that's our goal. That's right, that's a
0: win right there. That's Serafia Gravel, she's co director of Vima Voices for Ethnic and Multicultural Awareness of Northern Minnesota. They have events and things for the community going on throughout the year, and you can find more through their Facebook page. Thanks for your time today. Absolutely. Thank you, Heidi. Have a great day. You too. This is the Thursday Morning Show. Thanks for listening to the Between You and Me podcast on KAXE, made possible by the Arts and Cultural Heritage Fund and the citizens of Minnesota, with music by Sam Milton.